Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And those are still, like, to me, just the absolute foundation of any relationship. What is up, everybody? <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Relationship Theory. It is so good to be back and yeah. live. And I am your co-host, Tom Bilyeu. I am here with the lovely and talented and amazing, beautiful person that I got to spend a lot of quality time with recently, Lisa Bilyeu. All right, so first question via email. Yes, Hey, Lisa and Tom, thank you for giving us friendly advice and being so raw and real weekly. I'm currently working on my vows and I'm curious about what you both might suggest as must-haves when articulating this commitment. Mm. Of course, vows are very personal, so if you could talk about your must-haves or what you would have liked to express when you were married, that would be great. Um, Thank you again. Can't wait to hear the new podcast, Lisa. Thank you. Jane Pelk from Nova Scotia, Canada. Nice. Nova Um, Scotia in the house. Yeah. So... There's a question for you. Indeed. You want to kick it off? Well, so or? I guess we should say we didn't write our own vows. We got married in a Yeah, the Greeks very... don't play that game. <laughs> like, let me tell you right here and right now, I felt like I was getting married in like the 1500s. It was crazy. They were speaking ancient Greek. Ancient so Greek. it wasn't even like, so you got to imagine the guys with the big beards and the huge robes and the tall hats. <laughs> it was, I mean, for you, it'd be less weird. But for me, it was like, where am I? They don't do rehearsal, so I'd never seen any of it. I had no idea where I was supposed to be, when I was standing, none of that. And they don't, like, all the traditional cues for me growing up, like the Here Comes the Bride song, and they start playing it, and everybody stands, none of that existed. And they were waving, like, smoke and, like, chanting. It was actually amazing, and precisely because it was so different, there was, like, a real... Um, weightiness to it like it took on it felt like a ritual in a way that like your sort of everyday Sunday church like wouldn't have for me not if we had you know gotten married like what I grew up with being used to which is very informal it's in a church but it like has that sort of colloquial vibe like a lot of times the whoever's officiating is like cracking jokes and stuff They didn't fucking play. Like, there was none of that. It was super ritualistic, which I loved and was so meaningful Mm -hmm. to me. Um, So that was amazing. And if anyone's seen my big fat Greek wedding, that basically was our life. You got, 100%. You got christened. But do they show the wedding in that? I don't know. They remember. do, but people spit on her as she walks down the aisle. People didn't spit on me. I would have been horrified. They spit on me, though, but I don't think that was part of the ceremony. <laughs> <laughs> or was it? Um So, So, yeah, that was incredibly ritualistic, which was really, really important to me. And so, like, this really reminds me how long I've been thinking about this stuff. So when I 
read The Power of Myth by mm-hmm. Joseph Campbell, we were, we, I don't think we were even engaged yet. Okay. So we were dating. I think we were. Wasn't it Doesn't June? Yeah. So it was early in our relationship. How about that? And read it, and he talks about how one of the reasons that he believes that um, marriage as an institution is sort of failing is because there's no like threshold that you cross that really makes you a different person from one day to the next. There's no coming of age ritual. There's no like heavy um, transformational ritual between your you know the day before you're married and the day after. And so I didn't want to fall prey to that, and I wanted to find a way to supercharge our wedding. Um, and so that was unexpected that just how ritualistic Mm. it all felt to me, but then also the tattoo. Now, while we didn't do our own vows because they don't play. If you could go back, would you like, and they said, okay, you can keep the ritualistic stuff, but you could write your own vows versus not. Would you? Yeah, probably. You would have. Yeah. If they were like, you have the option, then I would. Yeah, for sure. You? Um, I don't know. Cause I find things like that a little uncomfortable for me. Just like the speaking? No, I think it's because I so, like what I feel inside is so intimate that kind of saying it out loud in a way that everyone will get, I don't know, it becomes a little like in that environment, like I've got that one moment that I have to say everything I'm feeling, like that pressure of... You'd rather be silent? Uh, I mean, here's here's also the truth. You're so good at writing that I would want to make sure that I go first. (laughs) (laughs) Right? I would want to say my vows first. And then it would be like, if I didn't hit it, it's like I'm performing. Whereas my wedding isn't really, it's not about a performance. It's about being with my husband and making those sacred vows that Mm. I will hold on to. So if I'm then nervous about having to do my, like, and that's why, thank God I didn't have to do a speech. If I had to do a speech, like I would have, I would have been so in my own head about the speech that I don't think like the day would have felt like it was. I wouldn't be able to focus on your becoming my husband. I don't know. It just would have interesting because I did have to do a speech and it didn't have that effect on me. Interesting. So anyway, back to the question. So I wanted to um, get this tattoo, which really ended up, it is what my vows would have been. So it's not hard for me to figure out what Mm. I would have written for my vows. So um, the tattoo, which I thought of as a ritualistic scarification, which was very important to me to go through that for it to be something painful for it. Like I have no interest in tattoos. I had never intended to get a tattoo. So that for me wasn't like Uh, a sort of low barrier to entry, like Mm. putting me in context of um, being absolutely at that time. I'm not anymore, but at that time I was legitimately phobic of needles. And it was the fact that it was needles. It was like facing one of my really great fears. So um, that it was a needle, that it was painful, that it was permanent, that I had no intention ever of getting one for like decorative cool purposes. And I mean, to show how true that is, she has like... In her feminine, wily ways, really tried to get me to get more tattoos. I love tattoos. And I'm just like, that. it's not my shtick, right? Yeah. So I've, no I've tried every pro- probably every trick that a woman could try, to be Basically, honest. yeah, fair yeah. enough. And and even, also- even that. But to me, that would also diminish right. like the... But in all fairness, it's not like I just want you to get like a dragon on your back. It was... Just a big mural of your face. I know, I totally... <laughs> it's all good. That says fuck off. Is that comma bitches? Like, is that that was the thing? No, I'm totally teasing. Um, so 
Yeah, that was like I didn't want other tattoos, so it really forced me to stop and think about um, what that whole process was for me, mm. what it meant for me, what was I committing to, all of that. Mm. And I designed the tattoo, and so a lot of thought went into that. And it was just really interesting from the fact that it's a circle, which to mirror the wedding ring and meant to be a symbol of infinity, and there's no end, no beginning. And um, there were four points on the tattoo, which were my things, which were love, passion, commitment, and respect. And those are still, like to me, just the absolute foundation of any relationship. And while I'm sure people would surprise me with insights if they were to pick, like, you couldn't pick those four, what would you pick? And I'd be blown away. Mm. Um, and if I, rem oh, I, I remember correctly, originally it was eight. Yeah, and they could And the tattoo artist was like, dude, I refuse to do that yeah. because it will, um, like, you won't be it able to read to it blur, in five years. It yeah, it would be so small. Exactly. And it forced me, like, what are the four bedrock things i wish i still had the original right, so design because i'd be very again. curious um love passion commitment and respect right. and you had them in greek what was yes. your feeling behind that um that was a a nod to you at the time i i mean maybe spoke a couple words but hadn't really clicked over into that like i'm gonna learn this for my wife mm. um but it that made it so you and that i loved and you know thinking about it like having something that is just like unabashedly about that person, that's what really made it meaningful. Mm. And if you, so then if you had to, with those four words, mm -hmm. give a one-liner, I'm going to limit you to one line. Right. So imagine it's your vows, you've got like a limited time, you use those four words, one-liners, what would you do or say, I should say? Um, well, like what are they to define them, you yeah. mean? Yeah, like towards me. Yeah, so... Well, this is good. This is good on you. Uh, love is the the sort of divine spark. I think that's the easiest way. There's something ineffable about it. It taps into a part of the brain that's never touched by anything else. The not even like even a, a child, I would imagine, is very different. A parent is very different. There's the love for somebody um, where it's it's also a physical union is just different. It's unlike anything I've ever experienced. And I remember my mom saying to me, you'll know you're in love when you feel like there's no way anyone else in the world has ever felt this for another person. And in fact, mom, mad respect, that may be one of the like most insightful things anyone has ever said to me because I remember when I first realized I was in love with you. I thought, there's no way. The world wouldn't function. Like, people can't feel like this about people. It's so intense and all-consuming. All it's just, it's not possible. Like, nobody in Wall Street is feeling like this. Like, the president wouldn't be able to do his thing. Like, there's no way. And so that's when I knew, this is love. And that, like, early stage feeling is so amazing and so interesting and fascinating and the way that love evolves over time is incredible and amazing and it remains the divine spark so even though for me and i don't believe in god so it's not a religious thing it's the to me divine is the ineffable there's clearly something about this universe the human experience all of it that i don't understand like hey let's get really weird for a second i've been researching multi uh multi dimensions dimensions higher than the four dimensions that we understand and the, it can actually be explained. Like I thought, no one's ever going to be able to explain these these other dimensions. They can. It's crazy. Drop it into YouTube. So anyway, like that, there's clearly like 
things that I don't understand. And to me, the way that love is and that it evolves and all that is is the closest thing I can experience to a non-religious sense of divinity. It's just unbelievable. Um, and I love the way that it changes over time. Passion, I literally meant that romantic, fiery, sexual passion. Like, And I never wanted to lose that. And I knew that that and love are so like brain chemistry dependent. Like they will come and they will go, right? So think about a time when you're, um, you have food poisoning, you're doubled over in pain. The sex is like the last thing from your mind. Now there are a thousand shades of that from stress, anxiety, overwhelm, all of it, mm-hmm. depression, sadness. There's times where you're just not going to feel sexual. So you've, you cannot just wait for it to happen. Mm-hmm. Like you've really got to keep touch, intimacy, sexuality, like something that you force to be at the forefront of your relationship. Um, especially because look, I, you know me, like I'm super, um, realistic. If you take a, a prairie vole, I can't remember if it's prairie voles or anyway, it's a rodent that they did this test on and you put them in a cage with a female, they'll have sex once and stop. But if you put a new female in, it'll have sex again right away. Put a new female in a third time. It's, I can't remember how many times, but it, like, it keeps going and going. But if you had left the same female in, it wouldn't. Now, humans fall sort of in the middle of monogamy, and you can just base it on the way that the genitalia is. You can tell that we sort of fall in the middle. Um, so like, monogamy is not impossible for us, but it doesn't necessarily come as our default position. So going into a marriage and saying, okay, I'm going to be monogamous with this person, like that how do I cope with that? There has to be mechanisms because it's not necessarily going to be my default position from an impulse perspective. It certainly won't be that way all the time. So like, how do I make sure that we keep, you said one sentence, this has turned into a fucking novel. I was going to say, it really has. Um, I didn't want to interrupt so, yeah. you. But I apologize. You got, you got I lost. <laughs> now just imagine me saying this in front of the church. Everybody, let me explain <laughs> this. These are my vows. It's eight hours broken into chapters. Get comfortable. And people say the Greek um, ceremonies along. Man, right. you would have made. Yeah, that would be terrible. Okay, so I'll give you the other two in one sense. So that was passion. I could literally But just, going. and there's one thing that you said there. So I'd read somewhere, oh, I can't remember where I read it, but about um, feeling connected with somebody. Like you need like um, one-on-one contact, mm, like actual oxytocin. intimacy, like the skin yep, touch skin for more skin. than 30 seconds. I think it's different for men and women, but yeah. But I think it was for women, it's like 30 seconds. So when I heard that and read it, literally I kept coming up to Tom and I kept, right, I kept hugging you, like from, you're brushing your teeth and I would be just like, okay, now's Mm. the time. So I would just hold on and I would actually count, just making sure that like I was doing it right, the obsessiveness in me. So I would hold on to you and then as I was counting, I almost forgot to count. You know, it's like you when you're trying to count sheep. I stopped counting because I really did start to just sink into you and Mm. then start like smelling you and even though literally you're brushing your teeth and you're like moving around and it's I still really did get it and so I actually haven't um, done it in like a week or two but like every day especially when I was feeling stressed or especially Mm. when I was feeling overwhelmed or not connected with you because you had so much business stuff going on I had things going on we didn't really see each other um, and so that really works. Like it really did. I need to remind myself to do that again. But yeah, nice. it's just like the passion and the chemicals and all that. Nice. All right. Last two short in front of the church. Um, respect, I think, goes without saying. Like you have to, A, if you don't respect the person, don't marry them. Yeah. Uh, and then make sure that you maintain that respect. Um, and I'll call that equality. Like mm-hmm. that would be another word for that. And then, which is very important to me, and I'm very tempted to go on a very long tirade about that. Um, And then commitment is 
you're going to turn into a bag of wrinkles. Um, there's going to be times where you piss me off. And there's going to be times where you break my heart a little. And through all of that, you need to know that I'm going to be a rock. Mm -hmm. That I'm going to um, do whatever mending has to be done. That since it takes two to tango, it's not enough. Like if you've been the one to hurt me, it's not enough that you apologize. I have to be open to accepting that and building the bridge and moving forward. Yeah. I think so many couples do that where they'll just apologize just to like stop the argument or stop that bad situation or they feel bad so they just like you know want right. to make that person feel better um a i don't think that actually resolves the issue um if you're not sincerely you know you actually mean it um but also i find that um oh god i lost my train of thought it's a good time to practice yeah um oh, oh. <laughs> but you're right a lot of people do that they they do the apology just to like move on oh I was the forgetting thing so like a lot of people, they'll say, okay, like no problem, let's move on, but they don't forget. And it becomes like that one straw on I the see. back, right? And so people, if you the don't- dust settles. Yeah, if you don't actually deal with the issue and you just say sorry and you kind of just leave it at that or like, oh, okay, let's just forget it. Like, right. and I've tried to do that in the past and it doesn't work. Like just saying, oh, don't, because you still remember because you haven't resolved the issue. So you take, you know, a marriage that you want to go on for a lifetime, um, that weight starts like, you know, the straw that broke the camel's right. back. So we always make sure that we address those issues as they come up and that we never apologize unless we really mean it or we just discuss it. But it's never like, oh, don't worry about it. Let's just forget it. Like we mm. never say that because it never resolves. Truth. <laughs>